Hey, sis. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. Now, real quick before we get into the show, did you know that this podcast is a spinoff from a book that I wrote? Yes. Mom Keys to Mental Peace, 12 Tips to Become a Healthy Mom and Raise Healthy Children. In this book, I share my story about how I identified toxic patterns of thinking about life and motherhood. I share how God helped me to transform by the renewal of my mind. I didn't want to keep this revelation to myself, so I packaged it in a book to share how you can transform your mindset and lifestyle too. This book is for anyone who desires to break unhealthy generational patterns in their family, want to build healthier and stronger relationships with their children, or for anyone who wants to overcome the battle of negative thoughts in their mind. After reading this book, you will learn how to gain confidence in who you are as a mother, handle unhealthy thinking patterns when they appear in your mind, and position yourself to achieve mom-life balance. This book is available wherever books are sold, and the link will be in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I am your host and sister in Christ, Tarikaya Allen Butler. This is a podcast for Christian moms who struggle with limiting beliefs and want to learn how to make over their mindsets and level up their lifestyle in faith, family, finances, and fitness. Tap in each week. For the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast, where you will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up for the type of lifestyle you desire God's way. Ready to level up? Let's do it. All right. So welcome to today's podcast episode. I'm so excited to have you all today. My Instagram is giving me a bit of an issue right now, but I will say it is about to storm um, where I am. So it might just be some connection issues, but I'm going to just go ahead with it um, on Facebook. So today's topic, y'all, I'm excited to talk about it today. Um, It is how to set boundaries with toxic people in your life. (laughs) All right, so this episode is kind of like a um, another vulnerable episode that I did not plan on doing, but due to a series of unfortunate events lately, you know, God laid it on my heart to speak on this topic and to share like some strategies that have been helping me. Um, in no way have I mastered boundaries, and we're going to get into that um, a little bit more with today's episode um, because it is difficult. But I just wanted to share kind of like what me and God have been working through, um, what he has been revealing to me in regards to that area and prayers that it um, it helps you <laughs> with where you are if you may be struggling with the same thing. So 
let's go ahead and jump in. In regards to boundaries, I feel like this word is used a lot, um, as well as the word toxic. But um, in particular, the word boundaries is kind of unheard of or unfamiliar in the Black community. I feel like this is a fairly new term for us in the Black community. Um, and I don't feel like we truly understand what it means and what it looks like, right? Um, uh, from my research that I've done, and I'll get into this in my notes, boundaries is not just cutting everybody off <laughs> that you don't like or that you disagree with. Um, so I feel like, you know, we're trying to figure out boundaries and what that looks like for us. But it's just something that's unfamiliar to us, particularly um, in the Black community, because I don't feel like we, um, that's something that we do, right? Your grandma would come in your room and you couldn't have your doors closed. So there was like no boundaries as a kid and your parents telling your business to people. So there was no boundaries for, you know, what was going on in your life. So like I said, this is something we're um, fairly, that's fairly new to us. And I am currently learning about healthy, healthy boundaries and therapy myself. So in therapy, you know, I was given an assignment to um, set a boundary with somebody and I pretty much had to tell her, like, I, I don't know what that looks like. I had did the homework and what I presented back to her. She was like, uh, no, sis, that's not it. <laughs> so I had an idea of a boundary, but she helped me to see that my boundary was not um, healthy. So some things in my boundary that were not right was that um, I was punishing myself within the boundary um, and that I was letting up on the boundary because it was upsetting the person that I was putting the boundary, um, reinforcing the boundary with. And it made me feel like I was doing something wrong um, because the person was upset whenever I tried to enforce the boundary. So we're working on like what that looks like because I had to accept that I don't know. So today's episode is highly research-based. I have a lot of goodies and resources for you all. So be sure to check out the um, show notes where all of those links will be. But in my research, um, I learned that a boundary is managing my behavior. It includes a plan for what I'm going to do to keep myself safe and healthy if someone crosses that boundary. Okay. Boundaries are for every single relationship that you have, whether it's romantic, whether it's friendship with business. And I would even say in a parent-child relationship that there needs to be boundaries put in place as well. Boundaries are not the same thing as a request. So a request is an act of asking politely or formally. You're pleading or begging for something when you're making a request. That's not what a boundary is. A true boundary is a statement, which is a definite and clear expression, okay? So you should be asking yourself whenever you're presented with an opportunity to place a boundary with somebody who is being toxic, the question you, say, you should answer is, what will I do if the boundary is crossed, okay? If the boundary that I have in place is crossed, then I will do what, okay? And we're going to get deeper into that. So there's this video I found on YouTube. Um, the girl, her name is Katie Morton, and it's called Three Things Not to Do When Setting Boundaries. And this was really helpful to me because obviously these are some things that I was doing <laughs> and probably why my boundaries <clears throat> were not working. 
So the first thing that she says not to do when setting a boundary is do not ask them to change the way that they interact with you and think that you're done. So don't think that the first time you, you know, come up with your boundary and you present it to this person that that's it. That's all you got to do. Sis, there's a little more work to it. Okay. When you decide to implement boundaries after not doing it for so long, it's unfamiliar to both you and the person that the boundary is being enforced with. You literally have to create a new normal and teach that person how to interact with you. Okay. The second thing that you should not do when setting a boundary is focus on trying to change their behavior. This was a huge mistake that I felt like I fell into a lot too. Boundaries are not about trying to change how someone else is behaving. Boundaries are about what I can control, which is my choice of behavior. So again, what will I what will I do if the boundary is crossed? Not what will you do or what I need you to do. I can only control myself. I can't control what the other person is doing. And when we start to do that, <laughs> we start to get upset. We start to be in conflict and frustrated and irritated and feeling like this boundary stuff don't work. <laughs> okay, because I have been there. And the third thing um, that she shared that you should not do is have all or nothing boundaries. So this is kind of what I expressed at the beginning um, where I felt like we are looking at boundaries as just cutting everybody off, right? So total cutting off of someone is not a boundary. And I'll get into that a little later on in the show of when you may need to do that. But initially, total cutting off someone is not a boundary. It's avoiding emotional discomfort. So someone has upset you, someone has crossed your boundary, and you don't even have a discussion with them about it. <laughs> they don't even know that they crossed your boundary. And in your mind, you just wrote them off and cut them off completely. That's not a, a boundary. That is avoiding emotional conflict. Okay. So that's a little backdrop on boundaries. Now we're going to get into what is a toxic person. Because I feel like that word is thrown around a lot and used to describe a lot of people. Now it may fit. <laughs> the caliber of a lot of people, but um, I did some research on what this looks like. And um, I found this article on WebMD and I will have it attached um, in the show notes. So what is a toxic person? A toxic person is anyone whose behavior adds negativity and upset to your life. Many times people who are toxic are dealing with their own stresses and traumas. To do this, they act in ways that don't present them in the best light and usually upset others along the way. Toxicity in people isn't considered a mental disorder, but there could be underlying mental problems that cause someone to act in toxic ways. Okay, and we're going to get um, deeper into that as I share my story and my experience with, you know, me experiencing toxicity in my life. Um, me giving out toxic energy, as well as me receiving toxic energy from people, okay? And how it ties closely to some mental health things that are going on. Because I feel like certain toxic behaviors, it starts in your mind for you to make that decision. So there's something going on in your head for some of the toxic decisions that people do make, all right? Now, they shared some warning signs to look for and a toxic person. And now I'll um, go through these here. 
So what are some warning signs of a toxic person? You feel like you're being manipulated into something that you don't want to do. You're constantly confused by the person's behavior. You feel like you deserve an apology that never comes. This kind of goes into that narcissism a little bit. You also have to defend yourself. Excuse me. You always have to defend yourself to this person. You never feel fully comfortable around them or you continually feel bad about yourself in their presence. Those are signs that someone may be a toxic person. Now, a little deeper than that, we're going to go into actual character traits of a toxic person, okay? So one of the first things that you'll notice in people who are toxic is their inconsistency, all right? Part of being human is having ups and downs, right? We all go through things. We all have good moments. We all have bad moments, right? But a toxic person is almost never consistent, like ever. (laughs) Their behavior is erratic and they don't follow through on their commitments or promises. You never know what they're going to do next. This inconsistency is very hard when you're trying to be there for somebody. They can be elated with you one minute and oh, so happy and you're my friend or I love you so much. But in the flip of a hat or the very next minute, they're writing you off or they don't want nothing to do with you or they're talking you down. So if you're seeing like major inconsistencies in how they feel about you, that is a red flag and a character trait of someone who is toxic. All right. The next character trait is that they always need your attention. Have you noticed that the person always needs something from you, whether it's constant phone calls, text, or showing up at your door? They always need some type of emotional support. They're probably not being supportive to you in return. So the energy that they're expecting from you, they're not giving that out, (laughs) right? Or it's like they always need something from you or always need to be connected to you. And if they can't access you in the drop of a dime, then they feel some type of way and they're blowing things out of proportion, right? And now you're sitting looking crazy like, what did I do to you? And trying to defend yourself. That was one of the um, warning signs that we just talked about earlier. They take all that you have without giving much back. They have a heightened level of self-interest and a need to showcase their own greatness to receive affirmation. This can be associated with narcissistic personality disorder, okay? And I feel like that's another term um, that's thrown around a lot. I don't have a lot of information on that, but listening to this as far as like always needing attention, it's always about them. It's never about you. There's never, the energy is not reciprocated. Those are signs of like narcissistic personality disorders, all right? The next character trait of someone who is toxic is that there is always drama. (laughs) I feel like this is like the most obvious um, character trait of somebody who is toxic. Have you ever noticed how drama always seems to follow that person? It's likely not a coincidence, okay? Toxic people thrive in dramatic situations. They inflame emotions and create conflict. Y'all, I like have certain people in mind right now (laughs) as I read this. They love stirring the pot to see what happens. People are often toxic because they're not interested in being stable and healthy in relationships. I will read that last line again. 
People are often toxic because they're not interested in being stable and healthy in relationships. For some people, drama and dysfunction and arguing and manipulating and conniving and just all this extraness is normal to them in relationships. And they feel like if these dramatic things are not happening, then the relationship is boring or the relationship isn't going somewhere or you need to do more. Those are signs of toxicity. There should not always be constant drama going on in your relationship with this person. And sometimes it may it may not even be drama directly to you, but every time you call them, it's some drama that they're talking about, or they're always on social media and involved in some type of drama or going back and forth with people and always creating something. And it's always everybody else's fault. It's never their fault why these things are happening and everybody's coming after them. But what you have to start to realize in these situations is the common denominator. Who is the main person that's always in these situations, right? And always coming up with drama. Is it is it them? <laughs> is it even you? These are some self-reflecting things to look on. Another character trait of a toxic person is that they don't respect your boundaries, okay? If you've been clear with someone time and time again about your needs and they just can't help themselves but to disrespect you, they are toxic. Healthy relationships are based on trust and the ability to respect boundaries. Toxic people just can't do that, all right? So if you're telling somebody and you're being vocal, hey, I don't like when you do that. Hey, could you not you know, uh, say those things to me or could you respect my space in this area? and they're just completely disregarding what you're asking them, that's a sign that they are toxic. Another sign of a toxic person is that they manipulate others for what they want. Do you feel taken advantage of or manipulated? Toxic people love to manipulate those around them to get what they want. This means lying, bending the truth, exaggerating, or leaving out information so that you take a certain action or have a certain opinion of them. They'll do whatever it takes, even if it means hurting people. Y'all, <laughs> like I said, I have, I'm thinking of people who, who do this and have been in these situations. It's not healthy. It's draining to deal with somebody that's always like conniving or always has this secret uh, alternative motive behind what they do, or they're so strategic about, you know, who they talked to and who they told this to and what they left out. Like to me, that takes a lot of energy to do and to be so sneaky and conniving. So if somebody is like that, I'm sure that their body is tired <laughs> and I'm sure that their brain is stressed, but some people function that way and that's how their relationships are. And the last um, character trait of someone who is toxic is that they abuse substances. So they may take drugs or drink alcohol. These behaviors become toxic when the person is continually harming other people, not to mention themselves. So, excuse me, we all know, you know, some people have substance abuse issues where they can't just have a little bit or, you know, here and there socially, like they're overindulging over drinking, over using whatever drug. And as a result of them being under the influence, now their behavior is toxic as a result of what they're influenced by. Okay. So I share all these things. Like I said, I have experienced this from people who have exhibited these behaviors, 
but I do not judge. And this is where, you know, I'm grateful for God and the transformation. And I will say doing this, um, the notes for this was kind of triggering, but also like bringing revelation, like, man, God, (laughs) we have come a long, long way together. And I'm just, just grateful for the overall journey. So real quick, um, my story behind this, there is a history of mental health illness in my family. And kind of going back to the point that I shared at the beginning, I feel like there's a close connection to mental health and toxic behavior because those decisions start in your mind. So there is a history of mental health illness in my family. There are people in my family who have a diagnosis and take medication for these illnesses. So some of them in my family are bipolar disease, anxiety, depression, OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder, having high bursts of anger and just overall childhood trauma that has followed them into their adult life that they've not been able to deal with. So I didn't realize that these behaviors were a result of mental health issues until I became an adult. I dealt with similar mental health issues that I listed as a child into my teenage years and some of my early adult years, like my early 20s. I was toxic. (laughs) Okay, so I can say that, you know, without shame, without guilt, because like I said, God has brought me completely, (laughs) completely away from this lifestyle and this mindset and this this way of living. So um, back in those days, like when I was a child, teenager, my early adult years, I definitely suffered from having high bursts of anger. I just remember getting really, really, really mad about inconveniences or things not going my way. I was easily irritated by the slightest inconvenience or anything not going my way. And as a result of that, I would express my anger through yelling, through screaming at people, through damaging items, like just this high burst of anger that could be triggered by literally the smallest thing. I definitely dealt with um, depression at that time. So I would have moments of just extreme deep sadness where I would just stay in my room all day long, where I would not interact with my family. And um, as I've shared before in my past episode of dealing with emotional eating, um, I would just overeat and snack in my room to cope with those emotions. Um, I had low self-esteem and not really much interest in doing things. And I suffered with codependency as well. So to me, this looked like I was only interested in things if it was attached to a person, like a really close friend or a romantic relationship, which makes me think back on the point that I shared where it was like they always need attention or validation or always have to text you or be around you. And if they're not responded, then they feel some type of way. I was that person (laughs) that felt I was so codependent that I felt like I constantly needed reassurance or connection with my close friend or a romantic relationship that my reaction was toxic if they were not giving that um, energy to me. And kind of like the um, article shared, I was not giving that energy out. (laughs) It was me expecting you to fill me up, feed me, entertain me, or I wasn't doing anything unless it was something that my friend was doing. Oh, she doing this, so I'm gonna do that too that kind of mindset, which was not healthy. Um, I dealt with OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder. 
Um, and it would be about, you know, specific things that I would do to try and control the outcome of my day. So, and it's so crazy to think about it and even say these things out loud. Like, y'all, when I say I've come a long way, a long way. So one example of obsessive compulsive disorder is um, I felt like I had to put my right shoe on before my left shoe. And if I didn't, like my whole day was going to be messed up or something bad was going to happen. Or, you know, like when you wrap your towel around your body, um, there's a side of the towel that might have like a tag on it. I felt like the tag had to touch my body and the other part of the towel had to be on top. And if it was switched, then, oh my gosh, something bad's about to happen in my day. And <laughs> like I said, it was just trying to control the outcome of my day through doing silly little mannerisms or things or being obsessive um, and compulsive about the outcome of things. If these things did not happen, I feared that something horrible was going to happen in my day. And I don't know if y'all remember the TV show um, True Life that they used to show on MTV. It was like a um, a reality show before like reality shows. It's called True Life. And there was someone on there with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, where he had to flick the light switch a certain amount of times um, before he left the house or he had to lock and unlock the door a certain amount of times or pull like toilet paper off a certain amount of times, or if not, then he just felt like this sudden doom was going to come to him. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can relate to that. Or I've experienced that before in my head. So it was like, I was able to put a name to it and what was going on there. Now this OCD um, was closely connected to me experiencing anxiety as well, where I would just have these sudden thoughts of doom, right? Or just this thought in the back of my mind that something bad was about to happen to me if I didn't do X, Y, Z to prevent it. Um, I suffer from panic attacks where my heart would just race really fast. I would start sweating. But one of the main things is like I would just start shaking uncontrollably and like unable to stop in the midst of these panic attacks due to anxiety. So as I share these things, like I'm not judging anybody who is dealing with this because God has delivered me from it. Here I am in 2023, and I don't deal with any of these things anymore. And like I said, talking about it out loud and looking back on it and really reflecting as I was working on these notes, it was like, man, I have really, really come a long way. And not saying that, you know, medication and and things like that don't work, but I did not take any medicine, you know, for these things, for anxiety, for depression. It literally was me shifting my mindset, God transforming my mind and creating me into a new person and changing my heart and my mindset and the way that I viewed life and, and getting me away from those toxic behaviors in my family. Sometimes y'all, you just have to get away. Like I said, I'll get into that later on <laughs> in the notes, but sometimes you have to detach from the normal, especially if it's toxic or not working and connect yourself to healthier people or resources that can explain why you are the way you are, why you're behaving the way you behave, why you act the way you react, okay? So just a few facts about mental health in the Black community. I felt like I feel like the more that we're learning about mental health, we can see that it is common in the Black community. We just never had a name for it. So we would say things like, 
Now, you know how she is. You know how he is. He just crazy or she's just toxic. But these people were actually dealing with a true mental health issue. And substance abuse is typically paired with mental health issues to cope, especially in the black community, because they're not really um, going to therapy or using uh, healthier coping strategies to deal with all the stuff that's going on in their mind, right? So as a result of alcohol and drug abuse, this increases the mental health behaviors and makes things worse. A lack of resources and knowledge for therapy or medication. Okay, but here's the thing for that, because I have someone in my family who regularly went to their appointments and took medicine for their stuff. Right. You can go to therapy all you want to. You can go to all the sessions, but therapy is not going to work if you don't do the internal work. No one can do that for you. But you (laughs) I don't care how many pills you take. And I'm I'm not a psychologist. I don't prescribe anybody anything. I don't know the background of that. And I'm not speaking down to anyone who, you know, does have to take medication. I'm simply speaking from my experience. If you're not doing the work and shifting your mind and changing your thoughts and your habits and your behavior, no pill is going to change that for you. And really from my research, all the pill does is kind of numb you. It's not changing your thoughts. It's not changing your lifestyle or your habits. Only you can make that decision. A pill can't do that for you. Okay. People with mental health and substance abuse issues are difficult to deal with and have no recollection or care for boundaries. So you may um, have someone in your family or a friend who they're always trying to borrow money all the time. They try to manipulate you is what we shared earlier in our notes, try to gaslight you. They may be unable to take care of themselves and their household. They may have to deal with a lot of consequences from their reckless behavior. Maybe they have to do jail time or have gotten into car accidents due to driving around impaired and they have to deal with those consequences. They may be a threat to the safety of you and your family or a threat and a danger to themselves because they're just so deep into it that you just don't know what they're going to do from their behaviors being so erratic. So now we're going to get into four ways to set boundaries with toxic people. The first thing that you um, have to do is understand that you cannot save everybody. It is not your responsibility to save everybody. And this was definitely something that I had to learn, especially when I was going through um, my transformation journey and seeing the light and seeing like, oh, this is why I behave this way and trying to explain it to people like, no, you know, you can change. You just got to look at it different and them not receiving the information. (laughs) They be. I had to accept, and you must too accept that you can't save everybody. There's a video that I watched that really helped um, bring this to light for me and helped me to really understand it. And it's called Five Types of People That You Can't Help. And it's by Darius Daniels, and I'll have that link in the show notes. But the five people that you can't help are people who don't want help, people who know they need help, but they're not ready to receive it. People who want help, but they just don't want it from you. People who don't know that they need help, so they're in denial about it. And people who are not willing to do the work to receive the help, they want you to do all the work (laughs) to help pull them up and get them out of it, which cannot be done. 
So in this instance, when you're dealing with somebody that you cannot help or that you cannot save, don't give up on them. Give them up to God. Everybody's battle is not made for us to fight. Be open to their revelation and healing coming from somewhere else or somebody else other than you. God is able to reach them if they are ready to receive. At the end of the day, God can't even make anybody change. Everybody has to make their own internal decision on their own. The second thing that you um, can do to set boundaries with toxic people is don't engage with their toxic behavior and stick to your boundaries. Get off the phone if they start yelling and speaking inappropriately. You can let them know, I don't like to be yelled at. When you start yelling, I'm going to get off the phone with you. And that's period. Don't go back and forth. Leave the area or tell them that they need to leave if they start becoming inappropriate and erratic. Okay, engaging only makes the situation worse and starts to make you feel crazy. This is that gaslighting. It pulls you into their world of dysfunction. The good old saying goes, misery loves company. So if they can pull you into their web of dysfunction, they're going to. So don't engage in their toxic behavior. The third thing that you can do <clears throat> to set a boundary is to practice self-control in your response. Woo. <laughs> This is something that has been um, a challenge for me. I'm getting better at it, um, but it definitely has been a challenge. But one scripture that helps with this is Proverbs um, chapter 15, verse 1, and I'm reading it in the Passion Translation. Respond gently when you are confronted and you'll diffuse the rage of another. Responding with sharp, cutting words will only make it worse. Don't you know that being angry can ruin the testimony of even the wisest men? So this is where we have to put into action uh, the true meaning of what it means to be a Christian <laughs> in these type of situations. Ultimately, we are supposed to be a representation of Jesus in everything that we do and to all people that we interact with. So this makes me think about that um, old 90s saying, WWJD, what would Jesus do? This is kind of how you have to respond um, and practice self-control in those moments. How would Jesus respond in this situation? Okay, going off can ruin our witness and make them or other people's or other people observing see us as everybody else in the world. We're supposed to be set apart from the world. If you're a true Christian, you're not supposed to respond to drama and, and things like that the way that everybody else would. Okay. Think about how Jesus responds to difficult people. Um, and if you are familiar with the Bible story, think about the situation where Jesus was in um, the Garden of Gethsemane with the devil. And I'm going to read that real quick. OK, it's uh, Matthew chapter four, verses one through eleven. And I'm reading from the NLT version. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread, taunting him. OK, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but they excuse me but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil then took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, 
if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands. So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you kneel, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. All right, so this is so powerful. So similar to difficult family members, they will try to taunt you, right? And try to trick you out of your character. That's all that the devil was doing to Jesus the whole time, trying to trick him out of his character, okay? They may know scripture too and try to manipulate your actions and response. If you notice in the scripture, the devil threw a scripture at Jesus and he came right back at him with a scripture, but with truth and context behind it. I can't tell you how many toxic people try to use the Bible or scripture and stuff to manipulate you. Don't let that happen. This is why you have to get in the word and know the word for yourself because people will try to trick you out of it. Right. Um, and then ultimately, Jesus put a boundary in place. He told Satan to flee and get away from him. That was his boundary. Just get away from me. You need to leave. And a lot of times that's how we have to approach the toxic people that we deal with. Which brings me to my final point. Sometimes, y'all, after you've done all you can, you may have to end the relationship or limit their access to you. Sometimes there is nothing to do but stand up for yourself and move on. You can't make anybody do anything. All we can do is control our response, okay? So quick reflections. Ask yourself and reflect, do you exhibit toxic behaviors in your relationships? Maybe you're the toxic person. After listening to this, you can see some traits that you have where maybe you're toxic in your relationships. That's something you need to you know, sit with and deal with and examine. Um, another reflection is, are there toxic people in your life as a result of listening to this? Can you think of some people who fit the description of what I talked about? And if so, what boundaries can you start to implement in those relationships? Okay. Whew. All right. That was a mouthful. I'm feeling kind of hype <laughs> from this episode. So thank you all for tuning in with me. Um, if you are not, please follow me on both Instagram and Facebook. Um, I would love to have you join the Mom Keys to Mental Peace email list and community where I share um, weekly blog posts and resources that I don't typically share on social media. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast um, on whatever platform you listen to or on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe there for the uploaded video. And if you have been enjoying this podcast, be sure to rate, share, and leave a review. All right. So that's all I have for you all today. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will talk to you all next week. Bye.